Another really spicy day here on the Meltdown after seeing Dune Part 2 last night. Our non-spoiler reviews coming up in moments. We'll also discuss the importance of James Gunn's Superman reboot, the Strangers trailer dropped today. And Luntz's List will provide all the 2024 movies that have shifted up a spot to the most anticipated. I'm pretty sure the Strangers will not be on that list. Oh, and a special guest joins us here for the very first time. This is The Meltdown, presented by MyBookie, broadcasting live from the Culver Studio. Two big boys in a tiny studio, teaching you and me about everything he knows. Time for the Brill Down. Yeah, it's the Meltdown. Live stuff, it's the Meltdown. Remix. Thank you to uh, all of you Meltdonians for tuning in. That's a new term I'm coining there. This is all (laughs) types of new today on YouTube, Facebook, (laughs) X, and Twitch. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Tim. That's John, Rockstar, and Tyler back with us again today. We appreciate our title sponsor, John. That is MyBookie. It is MyBookie.ag. Make sure to go and play a slightly uh, down NHL slate tonight, but you know what? I'm going to play it anyway because it's fun to go to MyBookie.ag and play games there. Also, fun to go to the casino. Make sure to use uh, code NEXTROUND for a first deposit bonus there when you first sign up at MyBookie.ag. That is code NEXTROUND. Just type in N-E-X-T-R-O-U-N-D. I can spell NEXTROUND uh, there, and you'll get a first deposit bonus. Go and play that live casino. You can play blackjack, roulette, all kind of great games there. And then, uh, of course, slots as well. You have horse racing. You have incredible stuff to play there. Go to MyBookie.ag. We also appreciate our studio sponsor. That is Culver's. We had some Culver's for lunch today, actually right here in the office. And I can't wait to get to that review sometime during the show. But it was quite tasty, and we are fueled and ready to go for the next hour with you. We appreciate all of those that are already there in the live chat being a part of the discussion. One big discussion topic going into this weekend that is Dune Part 2, a movie we all saw last night, minus Rockstar, because he has... A different kind of life right now. Very but different. Pretty soon he'll be out of the pen. Two more years. Two more years. And by then you'll be seeing Dune Part 3 with us, live oh. as it happens. If this is a Paw Patrol version, probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We'll eventually get to it. But the popcorn bucket has been a major discussion point surrounding Dune and its marketing. And I can tell you this. I've never been more proud of the lovable boy that was formerly known as Intern Tyler, who is now a full-fledged man and employee because he has secured the treasure of all treasures, the Dune popcorn bucket. Let's whip this thing out. Oh, God. Let's whip it out. Look at that thing. In the flesh. What is it? It's it's live and in person, in the flesh. There it is. Can I? You want to go see it? You want to go hold it? You can't wait. Go for it. Let, let, uh... Uh, I kind of... Look at that thing. Oh, God. Let Rocky hold that thing for a second. The popcorn bucket is something that has broken the internet. We're getting all angles of it. We're doing a full thing here. Rockstar, do you want to be the first to, like, explore it? (laughs) Let's uh, see if we can get Rocky. Um, So, somebody. Yeah. There's a meeting. There had to be a board meeting. Uh And somebody pitched this design. Mm Mm-hmm. Something that you put your hands in to a hole uh, to grab items to consume 
And um, I don't think there's one person that thinks this looks like a worm. <laughs> Will you test out the popcorn bucket for us? Can you do it? Can you blur the camera? Uh, I'm not that advanced Oh, you want yet, like, a, but, like uh, I was, okay, I'm going to act like I'm watching. Um, Dune 2. Dune 2. Yeah. Okay. And you're about to eat some popcorn. You've got that popcorn craving going. What do you feel right now? Awkward. Okay. Like I don't want, also I can't get, oh. See if I can go all the way with my elbow. This oh my is gosh. deep. I'm waiting for your watch to not come out when you pull your hand out. This is oh deep. My gosh, what if there's no popcorn in here either? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. it was doomed from the beginning. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Right. I'm gonna keep this bracelet. Yeah, you uh, you keep working on that. That's um, awful, Tyler. If you can uh, give Tyler back the microphone, I I'd like to know what was your quest fully like trying to get your hands on this bucket because it's an in-demand item yes so for anyone who doesn't know these limited edition popcorn buckets like the one rocky is holding right now uh they are extremely limited and they go very quickly it started with uh across the spider verse the spider head mask buckets and then they did one for fast and furious that was the camaro or charger i forget which car uh (laughs) challenger i believe yeah the one I didn't say. It's one of the C cars. <laughs> but anyway, so I was half expecting to not be able to secure one of these for the set. And I'm on the AMC app before uh, before I go to the theater, making sure uh, everything's on there. Maybe order my food and drink. Not on the app at all. Not available for purchase. So I'm expecting fully sold out at this point. I walk in. They don't have any on the display mm. at all. Starting to panic a little bit, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit of panic. I'm not going to be able to complete my quest for the show. So I asked one of the attendants, do you guys have any left, and is it possible to just get the bucket and no popcorn in there so I don't have to reach all the way down right, in there for popcorn? Right, that would be a nightmare. Yeah. So they did, and it wasn't nearly as expensive as I thought it would be, but still too much for a bucket. <laughs> How would you describe, uh, let's give it back to Rockstar, how would you describe the texture of the teeth of the worm? Um, you guys ever play with a koosh ball when you're little? Oh, yeah. This is a total koosh ball. <laughs> um, it is. And uh, there are directions because there are people that are going to make the mistake, which makes this even more perverted. It's on the bottom of the box, made in China, hand wash only. You know, now's the best time, I think, in the world to cut to our guest. Who do we have at the window here? <laughs> Who do we have oh, at the window? Hold on. Uh, click a button. Who's that? Oh, my gosh. That's Laurel Lunsford. That's John's wife here to save the day. Come on in. Come on in, Laurel. Welcome into the meltdown. Want some popcorn? Uh, put, your, put, put your hand in this. I'll tell you. Our, our view count goes through the roof if Laurel starts to uh, put her hand in that popcorn. Oh, bucket. I'll tell you Only fans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, Laurel, you've been you've been the type that's uh, purchased movie merchandise before from AMC. Uh, yes, this the, 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 the Eras tour. Oh, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> this damn thing. <laughs> no, the popcorn bucket. That was something. They were sold out actually the day that we went, and then when I went out as we were leaving, they had restocked. No, we actually saw you somewhere. It was another movie that we saw, and right. they had restocked them. The Eras Tour, the Popcorn Bucket, right. which now houses my scrunchies. So. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Did you... <clears throat> All the Popcorn Buckets have alternate uses. Sometimes it's like multiple scrunchies. Yeah. Yes. Not just one. Did you ever consider buying the Dune Popcorn Bucket is what I'm asking. It looks... 
disturbing. No, like I, I think I would feel strange. Tyler, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you asked for this. Like I don't. I just <laughs> was it. I mean, it had to have been awkward. I just. I. I don't want to do. <laughs> so all I said was. The guys at work really want me to bring this back for them. <laughs> and they were like, what are their names? <laughs> and I just left yeah. at that. Okay. All right. Well. But did what? you actually use it? Uh, did you no, get popcorn I, in there? No, I got it without the popcorn. That feels like it would just be a nightmare to clean, and I didn't want to clean out the popcorn grease. Every butter. person I've seen that actually has used it for the popcorn, you always want to go get like a handful every time, and it's impossible to like pull it out because the way the teeth are, it, <laughs> it, it's, going, it's going like – Alternate, uh, opposite the way you want it to, is your hand actually gets stuck in there. It's like a Chinese finger trap, but for other stuff. Okay. Uh, I think we've done an extensive review on the popcorn bucket. A too much, maybe. I want a little bit too much. That is correct. We well, have, you got a big hand. Could you think you could get your hand in this? I don't want to try. Okay. We've got Laurel Lunsford here with us. And uh, Laurel, there are some people who think maybe you have too much influence on Luntz's list. Would you like to speak to those critics right now? You know what? I saw Richard yesterday who implied that, and I immediately said that I would have had Austin Butler on that list. But there are so many, when you were talking about the 90s, John and I love to talk about 90s movies, and John <laughs> hates every movie that I mention. Because when I think of 90s movies, Clueless. I'm thinking Clueless, yes. <laughs> Cruel, Cruel Intentions. Intentions, that's the one. No, but then there's a whole other genre, Scream. which you're going to know about is, oh, Scream, of course, is like the stupid comedies like House Guest. Oh, yeah. Like the posters. That Is that with that Goldie Hawn and uh <laughs> No. No, Sinbad. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Come Phil on. Hartman. You know that. That was with yeah. the car, the opening scene of the car. He <laughs> yes. becomes a dentist. He gets <laughs> Novocaine in his hands. That's what I told John. Back in the 90s, it was all about like pretending to be married, yeah. pretending to be someone's old roommate, pretending to be married to get insurance. They don't make any movies like that anymore. That was a, it was a classic era. <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you just said dentist. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Guess what? 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 I'm really excited about my dentist. That is Dr. Brian with Alabama Dental Associates. My dentist can become your dentist. It starts with a simple phone call. You can go ahead and reach them at 205-956-8977. Maybe you've had some sort of mishap with the popcorn out of your Dune popcorn bucket, and you would like to get that problem fixed. It can happen to all of us. But you don't need to let those problems linger. Maybe you don't have a go-to dentist. Maybe you're looking for flexible office hours. I can tell you right now, there are no more flexible office hours than what you're going to find with Alabama Dental Associates at alabamadental.com. Book your appointment today. All right, Laurel, I've got to ask about the entire experience going into Dune Part 2, including one of the previews in which we saw for the bike riders. I had a feeling that this marketing campaign was getting relaunched with Austin Butler being a big part of Dune Part 2. Going in and seeing this bike riders preview, did it heighten your expectations for this film? And I don't know if, I know you guys talked about it yesterday, but they had the new uh, AMC. We got to see one of the new AMC ads that they mm -hmm. had. Re and Austin Butler was actually in that too because they had a scene yeah, from Elvis. Elvis, yeah. They've butchered the Nicole Kidman ad, in, in my professional opinion. If you're going to butcher it, just let it just let it go. That's, it should I, have been the same and just switch the movies. That's that, what I didn't that get. That would have been fine, but now they've they decided. Made, they made it shorter, but had like a 10-hour-long AMC kind of, I, hey, turn your phone off, go get popcorn, all that kind of just stuff. Just really quick it. before we get back into the Dune talk, do you all remember when it looked like you were on a roller coaster and like the popcorn kernel? Yeah, was like the Regal. Regal, yeah. Yes. yeah. See, I missed that. That's, that was awesome. <laughs> It's like you're on a ride before the movies. Oh, you got you dizzy because it was so vivid. 
It's a simpler time. No, but yes, uh, I think I have seen more promo for this movie just with so many of the actors because they're so popular and they're getting pushed so much on social media and at the premieres. And it is like a, like a hot cash, you know, it's got like a lot of really big names in it. And I was really excited to see it. And I think that that made the experience better in my opinion. Are you excited for the bike riders? Did you see I the preview? I love Tom Hardy. So yes. Okay. Yes. So I was he does a funny regardless. voice the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, no, no I love Tom Hardy. Not, I love right, uh, Austin Butler. I, I, I like Austin Butler. He hasn't gotten love status yet. I need to see a little bit more, but okay. I do really like it. Just getting my list yesterday. That's yeah. Let's talk about Dune Part 2. Analysts have set the domestic over-under opening weekend number at $80 million. It made $12 million already in Thursday night previews. Last night in early, $7.6 million overseas. Variety reports that the preview grosses are more than double of those of Dune Part 1, which made $5.1 million while debuting simultaneously on HBO Max, if you remember. Uh, Dune Part 1 opened with $41 million, this one looking to double that opening weekend. John, this was your most anticipated movie of the year. You walked out, if anyone saw our reaction video, a very happy man, and I think you plan on seeing this again in the theater. Uh, Absolutely. I plan on seeing it again in the theater. We didn't see it in IMAX. We saw it in Prime, which we went over our options a few days ago here in Birmingham. It's our best overall option, even though IMAX is bigger. Uh, just when it comes to screen and, and the, the overall visuals aspect aspect of it. But this movie and my love for Denis Villeneuve and my, uh, you know, love for a lot of the people in the movie, because, I mean, obviously I had a different grouping of people than a lot of other people would, would have. Um, I went in with incredibly high expectations and came out loving it even more than I ever thought I would love it. Laurel, I'm not sure how big of a Dune fan you were going into this movie. Did this movie heighten your fandom for the franchise? I I thought this one was much better than the first one. The first one, I have to admit, I think I fell asleep in the first one. I, I did. I mean, there's just a lot. It was a lot. Y'all of, are kindred spirits. Y'all are the same when it comes to a movies. A lot of. We're very, we're very similar. But I knew the second one was going to be better because typically how these work, the second one's usually the best. I mean, I, a lot of the times the first one's, the third one usually is, you know, subpar. But the second one is usually really, really good. And I thought this one had so much more action. There was just more to hold your attention than just, like, wandering the sand. It, it was a more... <laughs> Still a lot of that. A, lot, yeah. a lot of sand water. A lot of sand dancing. I'm, I'm with, yeah. It looks like Christopher Walken in the music video, the Fat Boy Slim <laughs> music does. video, like the way they walk <laughs> on the sand. It's very much the same the thing. The fashion was very good, too. Especially Florence Pugh. I loved everything that she had on. Yeah. If you're into that type of thing. Well, I don't know who would wear that type of thing in public these days, but maybe I I'm mean, wrong. at the Met Gala, maybe? <laughs> yes, it did look Met. Very, I'm surprised with the Met Gala reference, yeah. It, it, it was a lot very Met Gala, everything, yeah. that, everything that the Royals yeah. wore in, it was very Met Gala. Yeah. Okay, so I look at the Dune franchise as almost being like a fine dining restaurant experience. You've got to wait multiple months to finally get in the place, and then they bring out just a very tiny portion to you, but what you eat is really, really good. And the last 20 to 30 minutes, maybe the last 40 minutes, I wasn't really keeping count. I was really into it. The last, it stuck the landing really nicely. And the rest of it still felt a lot like Dune 1 to me. It still felt like world building. It still felt like, okay, we've got to set all the pieces in place before we can actually play the game. 
And I'm not an impatient moviegoer, but I needed something like the last 20 to 30 minutes of this movie to make me understand the appeal of the payoff of Dune. And I feel like I got more of that this time around than I got in the first movie. Let's go to Tyler. You saw it last night. I know you've already told me that you're a much bigger fan of the franchise now after having seen part two. Oh, yeah. I'm planning on reading the books now. I was completely engaged the entire way through. You told me just don't fall asleep. I stayed awake through the whole thing and took notes. <laughs> good advice. Well, I told so you two Nightmare things. Before Christ- or Nightmare Before Elm Street. I told you don't fall asleep, and I told you to secure a popcorn bucket. You did both, young man. You're earning You're earning your badges of honor. <laughs> yep. Uh, this one has secured my spot as a Dune fan. I Now I think it is the perfect sci-fi franchise. Welcome. It has oh gosh, welcome it has the politics, the fight over resources. To me, Dune is what you get if you logically create a world where all of that happens. How would the how would humans interact with each other across different planets? All right, sounds like you've been snorting some spice over there. From what I can <laughs> tell, you're all in on this thing. Do you notice? I notice a different shade of blue in Tyler's eyes as we speak. <laughs> Uh, This is going to be a movie that becomes the highest grossing of the year at this point because the year has been such a bad one. Laurel, one thing that was great last night was seeing people excited to go back to the movies. And that's what we got from Dune Part 2. I knew from when we got that long intro to whatever it was to lead into the Nicole McKimmon thing, and people were already clapping. I was like, this is going to be yeah, a crowd. Everybody did clap after the new AMC thing. It was just a generic, like, here's all of our offerings. You can join A-list, stuff like that. It literally was like 10 minutes long. And when it got done, everybody clapped, and I was like, easy crowd tonight. I do Because <laughs> everybody's going to clap at everything. A lot of this will be tied back to, I think Barbie Heimer did a lot, especially for, like, Tyler's, like, younger people, like the TikTok generation going and being excited about going to the movies because both of those films greatly benefited from each other. And I feel like this has been promoted as that type of event that it's like, oh, I want to be a part of this. I need to go. I need to go make a video about it. I need to wear this so I can get my picture taken in front of the, you know, it's just kind of become this whole thing that I think people want to be a part of. An event, a true event. And we experienced it last night. You could feel the excitement in the air all weekend long. It's going to be an exciting time at the theaters. I loved that the theater we went to was fully staffed. They were ready for the crowd and the crowd showed up. It was a sold out showing. It was jam packed in there. Let's talk a little bit about why this movie delivered so well for you, John, and why you would say that you're higher on Dune than ever before after seeing part two. We do have a spoiler filled review that we're going to be shooting separately. All of this will be non-spoiler for those that plan to go see the movie this weekend. It's maybe a bad way of explaining it, but you and I had a conversation probably a month ago. I randomly brought up cooking, and you asked, like, do I like cooking? And I said, really the thing I like more than anything is getting everything completely laid out and prepared. And I say it to Laurel, too, when I'm cooking at home. It's getting the mise en place, which is the French way of saying, like, fancy French chefs of saying everything's in place. And then once everything is perfectly where you need it, you can just cook. It's not... Oh man, where's this? Oh, where's the the eggs? Oh, where's the milk? I, I got to find all that. That's what I. That's what's like. Um, you know, the the best thing that helps me relax when I'm cooking. This because you're saying, hey, the last you know act was incredible, but it's so much just kind of building up to that. And Dune One was mostly that. 
that's part of what I love about it is it builds this entire world. And this one does a better job from it builds the political ramifications across the universe. It builds the religious ramifications across the universe. It builds, you know, kind of the Game of Thrones, you know, building up different houses and all that kind of stuff. All of that, it does an incredible job of setting up. And then once everything is absolutely perfectly placed, then it cooks in the last 30 minutes or so and just makes an absolutely incredible dish that you get your little bit, you know, you get your little piece of at the end. But if you saw the whole preparation of what went into that made that incredible morsel that you tasted, that's what's incredible for me to watch. So you're fully you're fully behind my melt analogy today, it sounds like. You're going with the same <laughs> it mentality. Is, I, so, like, my dad always makes this complaint at a fancy restaurant. He's like, there's way too much plate. When you go to a fancy restaurant yeah. and there's little, you know, there's that much food on That's there, but then is. the plate is that big. He's like, I want food. If I'm going to a restaurant, I want food. I don't want a, a, a lot of plate showing. I can respect the plate and what went into making the little morsel and why they only give you a little morsel as opposed to giving you overload of that really good thing. And I think it just kind of depends on what you want. I, I compare, have compared Godzilla a million times with what we get with American Godzilla and what we got with minus one that if you just want the explosions, you can go see the American Godzilla and be fully stuffed at the end of it. If you just want that really incredible, you know, morsel, you can go see something like Godzilla minus one that's so much deeper and not just about the crazy explosions. Yeah, it's got some of that too, but it's so much more about the intense individual stories than just the explosions. A lot of times with space movies, you want to see all the spaceships get blown up in air and then you're happy. But then sometimes you want something more. And for me, this is going the minus one route as opposed to the American Godzilla route. These two movies are about mining spice and you really, as a viewer have to mine the spice out of the Dune experience, except for the last half hour of Dune part two, which is phenomenal. I wish I could just buy a ticket for the last half hour again and watch that on the big screen. Well, once it's on HBO max, then you can just fast forward all you want to. <laughs> I may just show up late for a screening and go, yeah, this sounds good. <laughs> hey, I'll go this see an IMAX this weekend and I'll text you. It's like, Hey, it's about to be there. You need to come. And then you can come see the last little bit. So here's the question. Have you already seen Dune part two? Do you plan on seeing Dune part two? We'd love for you to leave a comment and let us know below. Uh, we have some of your comments coming in right now, including from Nick, who says, I need that Millennium Falcon photo there behind Tyler. Yes, that is a lovely painting that reminds me of a, a better science fiction franchise to watch, a more exciting one at least, which is Star Wars. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Rockstar just yelled Phantom Menace. Uh, so what but, you're saying is you're openly willing to say Episode Nine is better than Dune Part Two. No, I'm not willing to say okay. that at all. <laughs> Let's see. We have a question here about whether or not Tyler has played the Dune computer game yet. And I'm pretty sure that you have not gotten your hands on that uh, piece of content. Uh, I have not. What uh, What is that for? Is that like a Steam game now? Or are we talking think, about like an old CD-ROM? I think it comes on a floppy disk. Uh, uh, let's see here. There's a big movie that's in production. Just started production yesterday. Warner Brothers obviously behind Dune Part 2. They need this thing to be a big hit. Another movie they need to be a big hit, that is Superman Legacy, which has officially dropped the title of Legacy. The Hollywood Reporter tells us that we can drop the Legacy title after James Gunn revealed that his new Superman movie will simply be called Superman, writing it in a post celebrating the first day of filming, saying, quote, when I finished the first draft of the script, I called the film Superman Legacy by the time I locked the final draft. It was clear the title was Superman, making our way to you, July 2025. Wait, so you're telling me there's a Superman movie, and they're going to call it Superman. 
it's a big deal, John, because it's almost like calling a Batman movie. Batman. If you no, but if you remember, we already have a Superman movie with Christopher no, Reeve. No, we don't. We do we really. It, well, it's <laughs> called Superman the movie, really. If you're yeah. looking at it, but this is a big announcement for Superman diehards, and I was a Superman fan with Christopher Reeve. I haven't really been much of one since, with all the different film iterations. One and two, fantastic. Three and four. Really, really tough to get through. So Are you a Superman fan, Rockstar? I am, but is this you're, what you're saying? Is it has this? How has this affected you? Are you act, reacting positively? Like, finally, Superman should be the title. I wasn't a fan of Legacy. No. Is that what you're saying? I don't have strong opinions one way or the other because I haven't. But seen you're just saying like that we're getting news that this is but actually the happened. news is that they've dropped yes. Legacy off the title and they're just calling it Superman. And if you're going to raise the level to where it's just got the full brand name associated with it. It's got to be of quality for a number of different reasons, not just the title, but their entire future rests on getting this movie right. The studio's entire future invests on getting this. It's really invested on getting this movie right. Are we comic book movies in general? This movie has to be right. It's got to be right. A lot of pressure. So who's who's (laughs) on more pressure, Superman or Deadpool? Superman. Really? Uh, Deadpool's going to make so much money. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be Superman's more pressure because the MCU overall has been a success. That, yes, the Infinity Saga is a lot better than where we are now, but, I mean, we just had a conversation about Endgame. I guess that was before we went on air, but, like, Endgame is, like, the event movie, and I don't think it'll ever be passed ever in the history of time. But this is some, coming from a franchise that was an absolute train wreck with the DCEU. Batman v Superman? Yeah. That's that, should have been, won Suicide best Squad. Yeah. It was like, just it was everything about it was awful that this like okay let's reboot it and make sure we do it right this time let's go get the guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy somehow work and let's do that I have zero faith in this but for their sake this movie has to hit because the first one doesn't work then it just falls off the okay. face of the earth after that with that point you're talking about comic book movies and everything so there's pressure for Superman Legacy there's mm-hmm. pressure for Dead Deadpool is there any pressure for Joker two Yes there is. Not as, not as much. Not which, as is, much. which is crazy, which is a musical, which is a huge step. I mean, like a lot of people, right? Like it is a musical. I feel like it's a different vibe. Like it's just a different thing than the other two. The, the thing DC to me does best, and I've thought they should have never done the universe thing to begin with, is they do really good individual stories. They do really good with Batman and Batman's world and just keep with that, of which Joker is part of it, even though they're not, it and the Batman aren't tied together. It's very good individual stories about Batman, about Joker. And. Now, because of what Marvel did, everything has to be a universe. Godzilla has to be a universe. They brought back the mummy with Tom Cruise, and they said, we're going to make that a universe. It flopped. They're trying with the DCEU. It flopped. Really, nobody's done a really good, solid job of building a full universe of different characters all brought together for the ultimate team-up at the end, and I think they should stick to that. I think they should put all their resources behind, let's just create a really good Superman movie, not that it's going to build into a new universe, which is what this is doing, but just focus on that, and hey, if it works, maybe we can expand on it. If But if not, you've built, I mean, the James Gunn universe is already established of like, hey, here's a whole line of things we're going to do, and it all starts with Superman Legacy, now Superman. Just do Superman. Just focus on that, and if you're not, because I'm expecting so much more from it, knowing, hey, there's going to be X, Y, and Z after it. I think Superman is the toughest comic book character to get right on screen. It was a huge success in the late 70s, early 80s, not only because of the Christopher Reeve performance, but because audience were, were, audiences were different then. We're a little bit more jaded now. We aren't really as interested by, oh, that person's flying on the screen. There are things that have to be done to impress us that 
weren't really challenges when the original Superman came out. And I don't know if they're going to ever be able to replicate the success that they had early on with Superman uh, in the 1900s. I don't know because we have not seen that be replicated here in the 2000s at all with either Superman Returns or with Man of Steel, both of which underperformed, both of which don't have very strong followings, to be honest. You have a very new Superman here in David Cornsweat, who I don't know anything about. Okay. He's a complete unknown yes, for me. Yes, you do. Uh, whatever you tell me, but I don't know anything Who's about David him. Who's David Okay, so there's a movie. It's an A24 movie. It's called Pearl. It is very good. It oh, yes, is. He, um, it's a trilogy that I believe his name is Ty West. Yeah, it's a prequel to it, X. So basically, um, X was the first movie. It was done with Sam Levin, Levinson. Yeah, the guy that did Euphoria. The guy who did Euphoria. So that first movie is very much like something that he would do. And then I think in the second one, they're like, hey, we kind of don't really need you. So they completely kind of went away. But it's a trilogy. And Pearl is very good. And the very first time I ever saw it, I said, is that Henry Cavill? Because I thought it was him. And then I had to look. And I was like, oh, no, this is a younger guy. And then when he got cast, I was like, they just cast a younger Henry Cavill. He he does look just like Henry Cavill. He really does. And there's going to be comparisons. There already have been even though we haven't seen a single piece of footage from David Cornsweat yet. Rachel Brosnahan playing uh, Daily Planet reporter Lois Lane. You also have Nicholas Holt playing Lex Luthor. I'm looking very forward to that. He auditioned to play Batman. Robert Pattinson ended up beating him out for the role in the final two. Nicholas Holt made it that far, and now he is Lex Luthor. Who is playing Clark Kent? <laughs> what uh, I believe David Cornsweat is also playing. It would have been funny oh, had they got Henry Cavill to play. I was about to say they got Henry Cavill. But look, there's tons of pressure on this movie. We obviously don't have a lot from it yet from the production. They just started filming yesterday. They did release an image of the logo uh, that is uh, been shared there uh, by James Gunn, and it looked like it was a scene set in the Fortress of Solitude with sort of a snowy look to it. And I'm really hoping as a DC fan that they're able to get the DC properties back on track. But it starts with Superman. If they don't get Superman right, then it's going to be another hard reset. And Superman, his entire future on the big screen depends on this movie being good. And I can't think of a movie with more pressure than this. It's got around $150 to $200 million budget. They probably aren't going to be profitable with the amount of marketing they're going to have to put into this on this movie. But if it's good, if people walk out and like, I really enjoyed that, there's a chance that it leads to some greatness for DC fans. And they needed a hard reset. We'll see if this ends up being something that delivers. Gunn wrote and directed and is directing this movie. And he said this, and this is the one quote where it's like, okay, James Gunn. He said, quote, I completely relate to Superman because he's everything I am. He's somebody who is an outsider who feels like an alien, but also the ultimate insider because he's blanking Superman. And that's kind of what I feel like. So he loves Superman. Obviously, he was behind Brightburn. It seems like he's 0 for 1, though, on a Superman movie so far. He's a Superman diehard, and I'm rooting for him. I hope that this is successful. But it is one of the toughest things to get right. So Uh, A little quick thing. Did everyone know that he used to be married to Pam from The Office? Uh, Jenna Fisher? Yes. I did not wow. know that. Yes. It's crazy. What I did, did not know do? that. <laughs> yeah. Because she's been to, she was engaged to Roy. She was. Married Jim, had kids, and now she's she was married to James Gunn. 
They were married when the show started. Oh. Yeah. It will be one of my most anticipated movies of 2025, but there's still a lot of movies left here in 2024. That is why we're getting to Luntz's list. But first, John, I want to talk a little bit about Way to Wellness. You've had a lot of success here early on with Way to Wellness, and that's only going to continue on throughout the course of the year. Yeah, I have. I was just uh, talking to Jim in the other room, Jim Dunway from the next round, about how good he's looking uh, on Way to Wellness and uh, him you know, telling me how good I'm looking on Way to Wellness. So I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I hit the 40-pound mark, so I'm 40 down since I started. It's been a little over five weeks and uh, been doing a great job with Weight and Wellness. Leslie and her team have kept me on track. They're uh, doing a good job kind of developing a plan, telling me exactly what I need to do in order to hit those goals. And look, I've done a great job of, um, you know, changing my habits. And uh, when we go to the movies, hey, it's not let's spend $50 on stuff. It's, you know, let me kind of bring it down a little bit. Um, and it's perfectly fine. I'm not missing anything in what I'm doing with the plan that they developed for me. So go to a planforme.com and you can figure out a plan that's perfect uh, for you there. Go and visit uh, Leslie and, you know, get a consultation and the entire staff there are so incredibly friendly. Dr. Real is incredible too. Uh, so go to a planforme.com for way to wellness. Today's Luntz's list, the topic, the five movies. Now that Dune part two has officially come out that John is looking the most forward to, that was his most anticipated of the year. Let's go ahead, Rockstar, and get to Luntz's list. What is this? What is this? Luntz's list? What is this? Oh, oh. What is this? What is this? Luntz's list? Oh, oh, oh. Luntz's list of five. Come on, Laurel. Luntz's list of five. <laughs> If you're going to be brought in as a guest, we are demanding you sing. Uh, I, I think <laughs> that would just, no. Do you want to lose every person that's on there? No. I don't think you're going to get that. You're in your meltdown era. You need to be able to sing this. The use of eras. All right, let's go to number five on Luntz's list. These are the five movies that John's mm-hmm. looking forward to, minus Dune Part 2, because that met all of his expectations, maybe exceeded them last night even. I have a feeling that will be in his Luntz's list of five favorite movies of the year. When all is said and done. Number five is Borderlands. We saw this trailer release last week. One good piece of information here, Laurel, is it has Jamie Lee Curtis in it, which we're both a fan of. Big fan, yeah. 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 Why did Borderlands make the list of the uh, top five here, obviously, after seeing the trailer? Yeah, so Borderlands was uh, right outside my top ten, I think, coming into the year because it's one of those games that – has had a long shelf life, a lot of sequels, a, a, a really good franchise when it came to video games. But think about last year. I mean, last year was actually probably the best year ever for video game movies. Super Mario Brothers, second highest grossing uh, film of the year, right there behind Barbie. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, pretty well received by the actual gaming public. And then Gran Turismo, actually a pretty decent movie as well. Not hard to make a movie strictly based off that game, but it's based off the competition they had around the game. So... You know, I would love to have the wins continue for video games. And seeing the trailer, the cast that's in it, I, I knew the cast was going to be in it, but it's one of those that it's so bizarre that you have to get it just perfectly right. And I think we're at the uh, age of CGI where you can do stuff like that. Um, you know, Kate Blanchett is coming off uh, two years ago, getting really close to winning an Oscar and is, is obviously one of the best actresses out there. Kevin Hart from a comedy standpoint, Jack Black from a comedy standpoint, Jamie Lee Curtis, like you said, the trailer has moved it up to where it's like, you know what? It seems like they're going to do a good job with this. It looks okay at this point, so I'm I'm buying into it. It felt like Guardians of the Galaxy meets Mad Max and meets Galaxy Quest. 
A little bit. Actually, it did have a little bit of a feel of Galaxy Quest. Maybe Jumanji. We got two people from Jumanji. To me, to me, it's it's the new Jumanji, the new video game version of Jumanji. And Mad Max had like an acid trip baby kind of because it's such brightly colored. But that's where the Guardians flair kind of comes in. That's where a lot of different movies kind of add to it. it, It's an Eli Roth movie, which Laurel, I don't know what kind of uh, opinions you have about Eli Roth. But he's been very hit or miss for me he's throughout his career. For me too. I didn't really like the era of horror that he kind of did because that's. <laughs> I think a it's much. referred to as torture porn. It's just a little, a little too much for me. But I think he did a lot of stuff for horror nights um, over in California. I went a few years where he was actually like the person like that was headed headed over it, and he created a storyline. Did you see Thanksgiving? Yes, yeah. Thanks. That was a refreshing yeah. Eli yeah. Roth is sort of it back in the game. It was very much like feel. Scream to me. Yes. Like, you know, those kind of movies where they're like, oh, we're in a horror movie, but, you know. Right. So it's like the funny, you know. And the interesting thing is, before Eli Roth took over, uh, Lee Wanell was in charge of it, who has done, uh, he did Invisible Man, he did Insidious. He, he, did, he wrote the first Saw. He was so, in Saw as yeah, well. Yeah, so, you know, he's, that's another horror person who's probably bigger than Eli Roth when you look at his overall filmography yeah. that he's been attached to, but... Um, it is interesting to go horror to horror person for what's considered like a funny. It's kind of, it's really it's really like a funny video game. Rockstar, here's the real real barometer of Luntz's list. Has John sold you on the movie Borderlands yet? I was a player of the game. I love. Did you ever play it? Yeah, I played the game, and I'm trying to think of the aspect for somebody. Mario Brothers, everybody understands. Somebody that did not play the game Borderlands, which is such a brightly colored, really cool aspect. If I have never played the game yet, heard of the game. Would I be interested in seeing this? Last of Us, maybe, because that's zombies and everything. I get that. But for Borderlands, what's the claptrap? Yep. Like I enjoy like I really enjoyed the game and stuff like, but am I super interested in seeing the movie? No. Like and that was a, I played the whole franchise. That's probably one of the last games I've ever played. And I think it's gonna be a hard R. It needs to be a hard R to be good. And I feel like financially, I don't know what it costs, but it seems like it would be a big budget movie to where I don't think financially it'll do that well. But I could see just from the Core gaming audience being like, look, it's another win for us. We'll take it. It'll get just enough to be like, hey, let's make a second one. But overall successful, don't know if that'll happen or not. We'll Any see. chance in the movie where Kevin Hart goes, damn. Uh, 100%. Sounds okay. like not another teen movie. <laughs> <laughs> let's move to number four on Muntz's list. Uh, tell you, it's dangerous having Laurel and Rockstar on the same conversation because we're going to be getting into some of these uh, retrospective thoughts on these films, but... We're going to see America. what moves on to number four. We here. went red here. Oh. I can't see anything. Do y'all see? I, we can see. Say it out Just loud. Deadpool. Three. Okay. Deadpool, Deadpool and Wolverine, otherwise known as Deadpool 3. So they're going to be roommates. This is the most important Marvel movie. It has been for a long time, ever since Spider-Man No Way Home, they have been looking for another culturally impactful hit. This is going to be one that immediately sells out when the tickets go on sale and word of mouth is either going to promote the MCU in a way that it hasn't in recent film outings or it's going to sink it because they've destroyed Deadpool and everything that was great about it. It'll be one of those two narratives. John, Talk a little bit about why Deadpool and Wolverine is so high on your list. So when I, you got me to make a list before the year ever even started of like, hey, what, of what you know, let's just put a list together so we kind of have an idea of what everybody's thinking. So um, this was number 10 on my list originally, but that was pre-trailer. That was pre-knowing more about it. 
once the trailer came out, it's like, okay, it's a teaser. I mean, it doesn't show a lot. Um, obviously, this is going to set up the overarching story, so you have to keep a lot hidden. But after watching the trailer, and then it's like, you know what? I never actually saw Deadpool 1 and 2. I'm going to go watch Deadpool 1 and 2. So right after that, uh, right after the Super Bowl, I watched Deadpool 1 and 2. They were okay. Um, I, I missed the moment in time, I think, for them when they first came out. So just watching them now on TV, they're okay. Um, but the biggest reason I'm buying into it is because almost the entire trailer is TVA, which is the Time Variance Authority, which has been introduced in Loki season one and two. And that is by far the best TV show to me of the ones that have come out. And I mean, it's the most sci-fi of all the ones that have come out. Even WandaVision, I thought that that would be the most sci-fi, but Loki beats it by a mile. With definitely. All and, and, and basically um, it seems like Owen Wilson's character, what he was in Loki that, uh, Tom oh. from succession has taken over oh, wow. and, yeah. <laughs> um, but, and, and look, I mean, I, I think you're going to see other characters from that potentially in this, but I, I just am buying more into it because it's like, Oh, I knew the TVA was gonna be part of it, but it seems like it's like straight up TVA. Hey, come help us with stuff. And that the Loki angle of Deadpool has sold me on it more than the Deadpool and Wolverine ang- Wolverine angle. Honestly, Rockstar, did you ever see the movie Logan? I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. That was when everybody thinks like, hey, we can make an R-rated comic book movie. Like, that's when that started. Like, we can get a little dirt. Like, that's when Deadpool. Yeah, I enjoyed Wolverine, but I'm not one of those. I don't despise Marvel comic book movies. I'm a little worn out from them. I haven't seen, like, the last 15 they've done. Respected the Avengers and all that stuff. I loved all that stuff. But once the, I don't care about Black Widow. I don't care about my damn web. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I mean, like, yes, but I understand this is. Hey, a Florence Pugh was number one. You should care about Black Widow yeah. on my list yesterday. Ah, well, I mean, like, she's I, Black Widow now, by the way. And uh, I have not seen one or two of Deadpool. Um, the character kind of seems annoying to me. I, I, I think it was written for Ryan. Re- I think that is how he kind of. So is. Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in X Men Origins Wolverine, but it was a total departure from like the funny version of yeah. the character, the comic version version of the character. They covered his mouth during the they movie. They covered his mouth and they actually do a whole bit in the movie where he goes back and kills that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very different, but I think Ryan Reynolds played that was like, Hey, I'd I love to do the, the real Deadpool. The writers basically scripted the character around him. Yeah. Yeah. Van Wilder. Hey, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen uh, Detective Pikachu, <laughs> Detective Pikachu came out around one of those. I'm not listening to them. Came out around one of those. And, Pikachu in that movie is 100% Deadpool. Yeah. He acts the exact same way. Obviously, he's just talking in his normal voice. So it's, just, I mean, it is like watching Deadpool Pokemon version in that. So he has 100% adopted the persona. He does it across multiple things. I'm expecting if to be Deadpool with a bunch of imaginary friends. It's kind of like Austin Butler. We were afraid he's going to be Elvis forever. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool forever. Before Dune Part 2, we saw the trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine, and we saw the trailer for If. I'm not really that excited for If, but Deadpool and Wolverine is my personal number two of most anticipated films of the year, number one being Joker. We have a lot of your reaction coming in here. We have Josh that says, definitely looking forward to Borderlands. We have Jody that says, Deadpool and Wolverine occupies all five spots for me. Hugh Jackman should have received an Oscar nomination for Logan. Yeah. The reason I bring up Logan is because it was supposed to be a send-off for the character. We were supposed to never see Hugh Jackman suit up again as Wolverine. And in this one, we're getting him in the yellow and blue. 
Should he have maybe said, you know what? Logan was the perfect send-off artistically for me. I'm not interested in all the money that Marvel's throwing at me to come and try to save the MCU. I think, and Tim, I think we know this from horror movies because we're such big fans. Like, I don't think everyone's, anyone's ever truly dead, you know? Like, <laughs> like it's yeah. never really. And honestly, I really like Hugh Jackman. I'm a big, I'm a big fan, but he really doesn't do anything else besides this. Nothing else that That's is a like huge Fox, success. I mean, he does Broadway. Greatest Showman ended up taking off week after week after week. I will be honest. Week. If he, I don't know how they would have done it because she was the age gap would have been too much. But he played Gaston in broad on the Broadway version, and there was actually an episode. What's the show where they have all the people on in England? Uh, what show? What are you talking about? We're in the Graham in, Norton. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. They sorry. they had both. technically that fits that description. It does. I just am <laughs> glad Rockstar's here to speak the language. And who played him? Who played in the in the one with Emma? Uh, Luke Evans. They had Luke Evans and Hugh Jackman on because they're both promoting something different, and they had them sing some Beauty and the Beast. And I will just say, Hugh Jackman like was better by miles. Like he would have been a great oh, age is way off, on, but I would have like, much rather seen him than Luke Evans. Yeah, but I mean the age gap, I guess, would just be too much. But he was a great, perfect guest on. But he doesn't really do anything else. So prisoners, and prisoners here, here, is good. here's what um, I think: people who have just seen Logan and haven't seen Deadpool or haven't followed the MCU, but they just saw Logan and like word of mouth, whatever they saw it, and like this is this is a great movie. I don't think it's going to be even remotely the same Logan in this movie because it's a comedy movie, really. Right. That the the hardcore Logan you had in that movie, don't expect that. Oh, Logan's back. Don't expect Logan's back. Expect Wolverine. Wolverine expect Wolverine from X Men. Like, but what age is he in this film? Is this? Is this? We don't know. Well, you don't know. It's a time traveling thing, is. so it could yeah. be anything. Yeah. Ugh. It truly could be that. Taylor way. Swift is supposed to be in it. Oh hell yeah! I'm in. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been before they we'll met. See, oh, it's gonna be fake AI like the relationship. <laughs> Let's move on to number three, John, of most anticipated movies following the release of Dune Part 2. From different Logans to different listings, we want to bring in the realtor that we recommend to you. That is Jim Wilson with Location Real Estate. That's location with a K. Jim's all about honesty, transparency with his clients. He works hard. He's still active in the U.S. military, dedicated to everything he does and dedicated to finding a home for you or helping you sell your home for the absolute best purchasing price. Whether you're buying or selling, contact Realtor Jim Wilson with Location Real Estate. That's location with a K at 205-329-4758. That's 329-4758. Or visit jimwilson.locationre.com. We appreciate Jim Wilson and his support of the meltdown number three love lies bleeding a lot of people are going to go what, what is this <laughs> talk about it john why is it number three um so it's the first wide release a24 movie of the year probably least does coming out the week before but i don't think it's doing a wide release um so it is and i'm gonna put the trailers up at meltdown 247.com with my list that i typically post there but it is Kristen stewart um who has done a million things but most twilight. notably twilight um which my wife loves um, it's got Ed Harris, who I really like, Dave Franco, who I really like. And then, um, the actual main character in it is Katie O'Brien, who was in Ant-Man, the latest Ant-Man. Um, she's been in the Mandalorian in the last couple of seasons. She's fairly new, but she's popped up in a handful of things. It's like, oh yeah, I've seen her in that or whatever. But the whole vibe I get from it is the Midnight, which is our favorite band. Very it's, dry, um, like too. Can't really see it because I'm kind of blocking it, but yeah. So the Midnight is, is uh, Tim and I's favorite band. It's very uh, '80s. 
in how they approach music. It's a synthwave uh, band, but the music in the trailer is very much that way. The story seems pretty good. Uh, I do like Kristen Stewart for the most part, um, but just something about the trailer. When that first trailer came out, I just thought of A24 movies for this year, that's it. Creepy Ed Harris is in there, and uh, he's used excellently through the trailer. He just sort of appears mm-hmm. out of the shadows in the darkness and says some things where you're like, oh, this is not a good guy to be messing around with. This and Drive-Away Dolls, I get the titles. They do similar. Every yeah. year, there's two movies where there's, uh, there's some two-movie combination where I get the titles mixed up, and this year it's Love, Lies, Bleeding. And Drive-Away Dolls and just Drive-Away came out, Dolls. and this is about to come out, so there's oh, the same time, too. <laughs> it just it messes with my head for sure. Um, what was it? Call me by your name and thank you for, was it? It was, uh, thank you for, thank you for calling. Was no, no. you're talking about sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Sorry to bother you and call me by your name. I sorry to bother up. you is about a call center and call me by your name has nothing to do with that, but Correct. your name is, yeah. Mess me up. Let's move on to number two. All right. Uh, Laurel, are you excited for Love Lies Bleeding? Yeah, I think it looks like a good A24 movie. It, their movies have such a very um, specific look to them and it looks very much how you would anticipate one of their movies to look. I hope it's good. I'm not sure I'm going to be there opening weekend, but if word of mouth is good on it, I will go check it out probably. All right, number two. Civil War. Captain America. This is not Captain America Civil War, which a lot of people are going to think, (laughs) oh, Captain Captain America Civil War is coming out? No. Uh, This is... A sort of hypothetical, what if the country turned on its, on each other? Hypothetical? Yeah, hypothetical. What if the country turned on each other to the point where only violence was a way out of the conflict? And this is one of the most illogical premises I've seen from just the standpoint of California and Texas are aligned on the same team in this civil war. Things must have really gone south for that to happen. Uh, this is an impossible movie to talk about without getting into the current state of U.S. politics, which is why I think it has a very tough marketing campaign ahead of it, because there's going to be people that hate this movie long before going to even see it and see what it's about. John, this is going to be a very tough sell to get people actually in the seats to see this film. Do you agree with that? I think it's an easy sell to the cinephiles like us. It's a very hard sell to the general public. Um, For me, Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina, did Annihilation, is behind this, has taking a total departure from sci-fi horror that he's done for pretty much all of his movies um, with doing this. But the cast is good, so you can sell Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, uh, being in it. Um, Priscilla? Priscilla, Kaylee Spaney uh, is in it. Nick Offerman plays the president, so if you're a Ron Swanson fan. Which, the funny thing that kills me is Ron Swanson is, like, the most anti-government person ever, even though he works in the government. It's kind of the joke. And now he's playing the president of the United States. Um, But Stephen McKinley Henderson, who... I had, as an honorable mention, in my uh, Dune um, characters that I really like because he's done a lot of really good bit roles, and I think he has a bigger role in this one. He's the one that played, um, I, now I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was in the first Dune movie um, that was like their uh, computer that they talked to. And I just, I think this movie could be done perfectly. Probably will not be done right at all. But Alex Garland typically has been really good. I've liked his movies. Um, Men lost me a little bit, but he tried to go just straight up horror with that, and so it's not really my thing. But I'm interested. Plus, uh, him and uh, Nick Offerman worked together in Devs, the Hulu show that came out that was basically an ex machina kind of show. So there's a lot about this that could absolutely hit a home run. 
So that's why it's so intriguing to me that I'm very much looking forward to it. I don't think it's a coincidence that this is being released during an election year either. I think. That oh no, and, and it's going to make everybody mad. I have no, no. doubt. That's why I think they. It doesn't matter what you do; it's going to make people, a lot of people mad. My theory, reading the synopsis of them putting California and Texas together, so one side politically literally can't say that do not go see this movie because it's a. Uh, liberal propaganda right. or conservative propaganda. So they're just making it completely we're, we're, fantastic. Yeah, there's they're on the same side, so you guys can't uh, ban us. I agree with you. That is the play that they're going with, but I think it makes it laughable, and you're still going to have people angry about it. Oh, of course. course. Who's the yeah. good guy? Who's the bad guy? The vast majority will. Reminded me when I first saw the trailer, because the very first one, did it not kind of like The Purge, like the la- a mix mm-hmm. between the last mm-hmm. one and then the election year one? To me, it is The Purge mixed with that Leave the World Behind movie that we saw on Netflix here recently. Yeah, see, it's leave the world a mixture of that. Leave the world behind, which I don't think we recommend at all. Um, it could have been good. Could have been good, really but I think good. it's a perfect yeah. companion piece of, once again, kind of the the family story of like this is just one family being affected by something happening, and then civil war with the overall what's happening in the country, not just by in your one home. But the in the thing is that I had, had this below Love Lies Bleeding. That's why I said that that was my number one A twenty four movie coming into the year. But this has moved ahead of it just because the more you think about it, the more you think of ways it could go horribly, horribly wrong, but also very right too to where just the the intrigue of it has put it up to number two for me. I want to get to number one on Luntz's list right now. We had some lovely Culvers for lunch today, Tyler. I want to hear about your lunch because it looked fantastic. And pretty soon Rockstar will allow you to speak about that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at Culver's, I got the two-piece cod meal, mm. and that comes with two, piece of fried Atl- two pieces of fried and breaded Atlantic cod, coleslaw, fries, and a dinner roll. It was delicious. It did. You made it look delicious. It was gone very quick. You're a fast eater. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think I've... I've got like training from public school, having to you know scarf down your lunch in 15, 20 minutes and get back to your next class. You definitely did. We all had something different. I had two deluxe butter burgers that were perfect, along with their cheese curds. And I'm a big Culver's fan. I've been a uh, fanatic here, especially as of late. John, you had a completely different meal than we did. I did. I had the uh, buffalo tenders, which... Uh, were incredible and uh, sampled a few other things as well, but that's probably my favorite that I ate. So, uh, yeah. I'm upset with your list. I'm looking over to the left, and I thought we were going to be on the same page. Joker <laughs> yes. Part 2. Joker, I don't even know if Joker's in my top ten to Joker begin with. Joker 2. It was. It was, it was night. Then I'd probably leave Folly it. Folly adieu. I'd probably <laughs> okay. leave it just outside. <laughs> yeah. So, Challengers <laughs> is number one. We saw a trailer for this last night before Dune Part 2, starring Zendaya, Zendaya. who's also in Dune. Yeah, so uh, Zendaya made my list yesterday, and part of it is because this is coming out right after uh, Dune did. We mentioned what she did on Euphoria, what she's done in Spider-Man, all that. But this movie is intriguing to me because it's the first movie. So the guy that did Call Me By Your Name, Luca Uadinho, I can't say his last name. I'm bad at that. But he's the director of Call Me By Your Name. Then he kind of switched into like horror films a little bit um did that bones and all movie with timothy chalamet did it did uh suspiria and then has done some italian movies because he's he's italian but um he's getting back to more of like a love story kind of movie i mean this is different than call me by your name it's not the same kind of thing but it's the first call me by your name is incredible and one of my favorite movies of all time so it's like hey i get another chance at something like that with an actress like zendaya who's been crushing it lately and is literally probably in my top movie of the year <laughs> last night to where 
hey, I want to go see her again in something like this. And so I'm incredibly intrigued by it. It may bomb. I don't know, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I just feel like the trailer shows too much of story points and where things may go. Well, the first trailer is a lot better than the second trailer, too. I feel like the, the second trailer showed a lot. I find really interesting because we've talked about this. The person who wrote this film, he is married to the Oscar-nominated woman who wrote Past Lives. Celine Song. So think about those, this movie and that movie, and everyone's like, what is going on in their relationship? Wow. That they have had two movies. Yeah, that, that very much are about, let's look at other options. Yes. And so, also, that means he's the... Uh, he's Arthur, He's basically. Arthur from Past Lives, which is like, oh, interesting. So watching that being played out, it's kind of a marriage story with uh, Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. It's like... Oh, that's the story that now led to I those think two being so together. I intriguing it's about this movie to me is now that we've seen past lives, now we'll get to kind of maybe see his play on what he thinks their relationship might be like. If Challengers does not end up becoming the best tennis movie of all time, then it has failed because <laughs> it's a very low bar. I don't know. I don't even, Come on, Kristen Dunn's Paul Bettany. King Richard. I never saw that. I mean, King Richard was good, but I honestly don't know just off the top of my head if I can name. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst in uh, Civil War. Yeah. With the yeah, you know, reunion right. tour here, so. A lot of done stuff there. All right, number five, Borderlands. Number four, Deadpool and Wolverine. Number three, Love Lies Bleeding. Number two, Civil War. Number one, Challengers. So there we have Luntz's list for today. We appreciate John doing that. We're running short on time. I've got some quick hits to get to, including we saw a trailer today for The Strangers Chapter One. This is a hard reboot. It's going to be a trilogy. All movies filmed back to back to back is what I've heard. It's arriving in theaters on May 17th. I got a chance to see the trailer. Laurel, being the big horror movie fan you are, did you get a chance to see the trailer? I did. I did. And I noticed the girl is, she played Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale. That was mm. what immediately I thought. It's a deep cut. Yes, but it was, uh, it looks good. You I'm think? not, not going to lie. I was like, this actually, I'm, it said that this is how it came to be. But it's also no. said it like an Airbnb, which... Nope doesn't look like that. If this is chapter yeah. one, it looks like it's starting in chapter six. Yeah, it's... It, I think noticed, it's a hard reboot. I've noticed that they're using some of the same dialogue Yeah, that it's, they it looks like a... Re, it's like a... It's, they're just <laughs> refilming the, it. But what it's like I, Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. They use, I hate this trailer. Yeah. This is one of the movies I'm looking most forward to seeing this year, and I will still see the movie because I'm a glutton for punishment, but they use the same plot points, yep. the same dialogue... The same instances that just happened to happen 10 years ago when the original Strangers came out. Female taking a dark shower. Yeah. That's in the first movie, too. They run across the Jehovah's Witnesses, even. What? And I've watched the the records, the same song. Same record situation. Same. Is Tamara home? Same name. (laughs) Same thing. What is going to be new about this experience that called for the hard reboot? I know Strangers Part 2 goes places where maybe you can't make a Strangers Part 3 narratively work, but this feels like a completely lazy movie from what I can tell from the trailer. The person who actually created this, he did an interview when the second one came out finally a few years ago, and that movie is terrible, I'm the the second Strangers. And people were were having the same thought I was. It's like, how... How has this man not managed to make anything else? But they have like fifteen paranormal activities. Oh my god! <laughs> There's fifteen of those. There's ten Halloweens. But yet you couldn't think of one other thing in the span of like a decade. Not one other thing. The second Strangers movie is not good, but it has one all-time great scene. It does. Are you talking about the, the swimming pool scene? The swimming pool yes, scene with the and song. I've yeah. told John, 
and you'll have to work with me here, that I don't necessarily want you to watch the movie. I really don't. The one scene is really But good. I want you to see how that one midnight. scene is shot because it very. feels very midnight. Yeah. And John's like, I refuse. Sure, yeah. Did you watch the trailer today, Rockstar? I did. That's what I'm saying. It looks shot for shot like the other. I've, I've seen the original with Liv Tyler. I thought it was right there. <gasps> but if it says chap- uh, if, yeah, if it's chapter one, I would imagine where, who these people are under the mask and what encouraged them to be like what they do, to be these strangers. But no, it's just the exact same I'm film. almost wondering, do you think that they, that they might be end, end up becoming strangers oh, what, I, i'll guarantee the boy the the, guy, the boyfriend or husband's gonna die he's gone he's done that's guaranteed so something's gonna happen with the girl she either joins them <gasps> that sounds a little bit like the baron from dune part two <laughs> yeah. and also Which came out last night it also sounds like the last 10 minutes of Saltburn a little bit if you think about oh my god it. Oh okay god. that just sounds like Sorry. a tie fighter i'm just telling you that's, that's what it sounds like there, to me yeah. that's what it sounds like to me i want to get into this before we go and it's because laurel is here thank you for being our first oh, guest officially so by the way you. everybody thank else you. Wow. i need to run home i'll by see you home yeah. <clears throat> damien chazelle i okay? saw you saw so i'm a huge la la land fan it's my favorite movie of all time it's Probably what? It might be my favorite. It may be your favorite of all time. As John mentioned, we have very similar flavor profiles for movies. Damien Chazelle's writing a new film and isn't sure yet how Babylon flopping will impact it getting made, telling Variety, quote, I won't get a budget of Babylon size anytime soon, or at least not on this next one in financial terms. Babylon didn't work at all. You try to not have that effect, what you're doing creatively, but at some level... It can't help but affect it. But maybe that's okay. Who knows? Maybe I won't be able to get this one made. I have no idea. We'll have to wait and see. Damien Chazelle went from being the up-and-coming next huge director after Whiplash and La La Land. First Man was just okay. He wrote 10 Cloverfield Lane. He wrote 10 Cloverfield Lane, a movie we went to go see together with uh, John Goodman in there. Very good. Uh, Should have been nominated for something for that. He was fantastic. I agree. You saw Babylon. Mm-hmm. You saw Babylon. I couldn't see it because not only did it look awful, but I didn't want to see non-peak Damien Chazelle. And it ended up being a financial bomb. And, John, you said it was awful. Uh, it was non-peak everybody that was in it. It was non-peak Brad Pitt. It, it was so non-peak Margot Robbie. That should have worked. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not shot bad. Like, it looks beautiful. Like, that is one thing you can look at. And it looks like how his films typically look. I remember it's the marketing just, campaign. I couldn't wrap my head around what the story even was just, about. Um, I think it just is too much. And I feel sad that I hope he gets, to, I hope it's, you know, everyone else gets multiple chances. And I feel like he's an Oscar winning director. It's like, you can't give him one more chance. It's almost like once upon, time, once upon a time in Hollywood came out, Tarantino's yes. last movie. And it was pretty good. Got nominated for a bunch of awards. Gave Brad Pitt his first Oscar. The acting aspect of that. As I talked about, I like the acting aspect of that story. I don't care about the Manson family stuff so much. But it's like, hey, I'm going to make a movie like that. Oh, by the way, that also is starring Brad Pitt. And I'm going to try to add craziness to it to add to the craziness that ultimately comes from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the Manson family. And just make it up as I go along because it's all about actors trying to make it in old school Hollywood. I mean, it's it's very similar to a lot of the, the themes of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it's just like, I did a good Hollywood movie before with La La Land, so I could do it again, right? And just absolutely fell off a cliff. And after that. a fun fact: Emma Stone was supposed to be. She turned down. Um, I think because she was doing Poor Things and Cruella, she p- turned down Babylon and she turned down The Menu, which I actually think she would have been pretty good. She probably done pretty good in that. But uh, 
Yeah, good thing, good thing turning down Babylon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Poor Things is incredible, and she has a chance to win an Oscar next Could week. Could he do a sequel to La La Land and make it a Christmas theme? Ready for it? You ready? <laughs> La 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 Land. Uh, we're going to end on that. I think we're going to end on that. Thank you, Rockstar. Does anybody want any popcorn? <laughs> no. Can we get one more shot of the popcorn bucket? Go deep on that thing. Go deep on that thing. Let's watch it. Okay. Okay. Let's cut back to me now. I feel it in my stomach. Kids, leave the room. Please cut back to me now. Uh, we want to thank all of those that have been here with us for this first week officially of the Meltdown. Thank you to Laurel Lunsford for stopping by. I hope it will not be your last oh, time never. here. Well, are you sure? Because he keeps playing with that popcorn bucket. I, I don't <laughs> want to put you in uncomfortable <laughs> positions. Uh, we appreciate Tyler securing the popcorn bucket. Rockstar for utilizing it to its fullest extent. Lunsford, mm. thank you so much yes, sir. for your love of Dune Part 2, which, by the way, we're going to have a full spoiler-filled review of Coming to this YouTube channel, however you get Meltdown content, you will see bits and pieces there. I promise you that. This has been the Meltdown, presented by my bookie, broadcasting live from the Culver Studio.